0: You my thoughts. My
1: thoughts, man. Right see if we got this thing rolling. And we do. What's up? What's up, man? Dude, I'm so fucking pumped. You hit me up last night. And you're like, yo, what are you doing tomorrow? same thing I do every day kind of whatever comes up in the lab yeah yeah and uh boom here you are yeah my brother Ray Lopez in from Chicago this weekend yes sir what's going on dude
0: nothing much man I was just telling you I, I feel like it's been a while since we've uh since we've caught up it like, is. bring me up to speed like you you made a you made a human since the I last made night. a human yeah
1: damn I haven't thought about it like that I made a little human he's uh got a funny little personality. He's working hard. Um, he's a monster. He looks like both Caitlin and myself, which is the most, uh, like, mind-blowing thing. You can, like, you yeah. have a little baby pops up. And you're like, holy shit, that's, like, me but in a baby form. Yeah. It's wild. But, man, I'm, I'm just going to be cheesing if we talk about him the whole yeah. time. So,
0: No, that's awesome, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm loving everything that you've been doing, <coughs> at least what I've seen, uh, very proud of the squad. Always had the go-getter mm. attitude. We were just talking about that million-dollar check that you put on the wall we were in college, and you were like, <laughs> one day I'm going to write that to myself.
1: I still have that check. I was looking at that a couple of days ago. And uh, we're a little closer. Not quite there yet, but... That's funny that you remember that, because I, I still have that. Yeah, I carried it dude. in my wallet every
0: day. It was hung up on my wall for years. I remember. You brought that from place to place. Mm-hmm. I remember it was, like not a, not, it was a college house, so there's not a lot of stuff on the walls. But there was just this small frame with this check. $10 on. check. That's so funny <laughs> that you remember that.
1: Yeah, I still have that. I uh, wish I would have wrote a bigger one, honestly.
0: The, like the game show check? No, oh, like a bigger amount money? of money. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. well, let's get the million dollars yeah. first. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and then you can write the bigger one. You're right. You're right. Check
1: marks, milestones. What are you? What are you doing, man? How are you feeling after
0: all the craziness has been going on? Uh, I mean, it's. I hate really getting too partisan with it. I think. uh I think you really just got to kind of take a step back and absorb as much information as you can like try to keep your head above water and realize that most people who are delivering information to you have some sort of you know motive behind mm-hmm. that so you, you take everything with a grain of salt and then at the end of the day you try to weigh it uh, the best you can but you know from chicago so living in chicago basically the best part about chicago is that there is a real lifeblood to the city you know in the summer especially you have the street festivals you have the beach you have lollapalooza you know and uh we didn't get to have any of that this year so they actually just shut down um indoor dining so we're the only state in america that doesn't have indoor dining and uh and basically uh the mayor just canceled Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the mayor.
1: I didn't know that was in her power. I didn't know she could just say, hey, no Thanksgiving this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I, that's something you do to kids. Oh, Santa's not going to come. I know. I, I don't know. So it's, I don't know. How are you feeling about it?
1: Man, I don't know. I'm like in a rabbit hole. Um, I think like, I think the media is like trying so hard to just like make everybody just believe that it's over but legally speaking, not even like conspiratorially. Yeah. yeah. Not even conspiratorially. Like legally speaking, they can't. states can't certify the election results until after the lawsuits are completed. The lawsuits almost, <clears throat> I think like six, maybe seven states were within that where it's the right of the campaign to refute the results. So it's like 0.5% or something like that. Yeah. Where they don't have to pay for a recount. The states have to pay for it. Like... If he went to Illinois and Illinois was like a blowout for Biden And he's like, hey, I want a recount Then Donald Trump would have to pay for that But in the other states he doesn't have to pay for it Because it was so close So it's within his rights to act To ask for the recount there um, And, uh, I mean, there's six or seven states with open lawsuits And results can't be certified until those are closed And if they're not closed by, like, the 14th of December Then it goes to the individual state legislatures where donald trump had then the election goes out the window at that point donald trump has 37 states that's when it starts to get
0: interesting that's when it starts to get really fucking crazy yeah
1: yeah so like you got people dancing oh biden's president Woo! Uh,
0: yeah i just i forget it i forget how long ago i learned that there is a very few amount of uh large corporations that basically own all of the major media outlets in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So it's like they, they have a lot of control over what you're what you're listening to, what you're hearing. So that's I, I'm i glad that we're in an age now where we're able to go out and seek information through other outlets, you know, like online, independent media, uh, podcasts, um, just because someone doesn't have a big mainstream media network label under their name doesn't mean that they're not, you know, they're not trying to find the best information out there. So The
1: problem that we're running into, though, is like Facebook and Twitter and Google are only like saying that New York Times and the major networks are the, the only ones that are true. So like they're putting that little, you've probably seen it a million yeah. times. This yeah, has been disputed. Especially Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Twitter's been
0: really... Yeah. Really bad about it. Not uh, that I get on Facebook, but No. I mean there's definitely something to be said about you know, social media just the the goal of the social media companies is to keep you on the platform yeah. and, you know, sell your data so it's not it's not necessarily like you're their number one option there.
1: Did you watch uh, social excuse me? These uh Light skies has got me going. I need to be sponsored by Light Sky. <laughs> this is
0: like the fourth podcast in a row, I was like Hey man, three three point six carbs fits in with the with 95 the calories. Narrative. Yeah, I think they're delicious as well. They're
1: good, man. I don't even drink regular Blue Moon anymore because these are just—I don't know—they're really good. Yeah. So if you're listening to Blue Moon, I definitely deserve a sponsorship at this point. Where were we? Mainstream. Twitter's obnoxious Twitter. censoring.
0: Censoring.
1: Hmm. That was quick.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, you were about to get into something. I was ready to hear it. Oh, well,
1: whatever. Yeah, bottom line is the election hasn't been called yet. No. The big tech companies are saying, like, they're avoiding any... They're not letting us see any information that's, like, to the contrary. Yeah. I got this weird conspiracy theory that while there's always a baseline amount of, like, fraud or irregularities in any election that Trump set up all these, like, big ones. Like, he's blaming the Dominion Voter Company, or um, Voting Machine Company, but I feel like he's the one that set that shit up. Uh, just so he could, like, that's his name more in history. That's, like, some Donald Trump dude, shit.
0: honestly, you can say what you want about the man, but he, he runs a mean campaign, and last year, or last election, no one expected him to do what he did, but he just out campaigned mm-hmm. uh, you know the other side so you can like him or hate him but he's he's clearly been able to you know he's he's been able to to have success in, in elections and you know getting through to the people
1: yeah I uh, I, I wonder if there was like that same the same kind of shit that went down last election and just wasn't enough but then I also like why would media want to get rid of the best thing that's ever happened to them
0: I mean, there's got to be the someone that they're answering to, right? I mean, maybe yeah. they didn't actually think that he would win. I think that they loved, they loved the relationship with they had they had with him coming in because he he gave them so many views and hits and clicks on in the election season. Like if you mm-hmm. remember, it was all Trump, and then they got backlash because he won and no one expected him to win and they were looking for blame and they said hey you know you gave this guy a major platform so then they kind of started to take a hard line of the stance and you know Trump like he's he says what he wants and like so I'm sure he's ruffled some feathers along the way and Mm -hmm. and there's there's some people who are over it have you ever heard of the book the 48 laws of power no
1: I mean I've heard of it but I haven't read it it's like the Trump playbook it's crazy it's like one of the laws is court attention at all costs. So, hmm, Donald Trump wakes up today. I think I'll say some crazy shit today. Yeah. So everybody talks about it's it. It's
0: also smoke and mirrors, right? Because yeah. if, I mean, and that's good for the government because if everyone's worried about what Donald Trump is tweeting, then they're not going to be as critically scrutinizing, you know, something that went into pass into law today or mm-hmm. like legislation or like C-SPAN. Like there's yeah. a reason why C-SPAN is so boring. It's because they don't want you to tune in all the time. You yeah. Know? Have you ever tuned in? Uh once just because our boy J. Lou was going to be on. Oh, no shit. Yeah, because he's a he's a staffer for a senator. No shit. How's Isn't that he doing? You you imagine the Jay Lou that we knew? Oh, I know. Then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and dude. you imagine him being a staffer for a senator of the great state of uh, Louisiana? And uh, oh, my parents live down there. Yeah. What, yeah. What senator? Um. Don't know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, there's only two, right? That's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Small pool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he was on, and he told us to tune in that day. So we, we tuned in. And, That's awesome. Yeah. I knew he was out there, but I, I I guess I forgot that he was doing that. That's pretty cool. It is. I would love, you know, after he maybe gets out of the game, to kind of really hear a more yeah you know, a more real take or a, a more you know un. Undoctored, unfiltered version mm-hmm. of, of what it's like there. I'm sure he has respect for everything that's going on, so he's probably going to be pretty loyal to, you know, yeah. not only his party, but, you know, to the process and, mm-hmm. as he should, but you know, interested to hear some war stories. Yeah, that'd be cool. I bet, I wonder if there's just some, like, crazy shit going on. Have you
1: ever uh, watched, like, House of Cards or Scandal?
0: I heard House of Cards was based on the Clintons. Really? Yeah.
1: yeah. I guess that would make sense. It's some fucked up shit yeah <laughs> um it's a good good show scandal was really good uh Caitlin. i'm sure
0: jay Lou would do the pod man yeah dude i would love to I'm have he sure would i would love to have him yeah does he come home at all because he's from where you're from right yeah he's yeah, yeah he comes home like holidays sometimes so his parents still live there so nice yeah we should probably back up how'd we meet dude yes <laughs> let's do that that's a
1: very important part
0: so um <laughs> We actually met before, so yeah, we we, yeah. we ended up. Uh, <laughs> the first time we officially met was in guitar class <laughs> at IU, and it's a small class, and you know, there's a bunch of characters. Real small, slice- like of, real slice people. of life in the in the classroom, and and McGrew and I look at each other, and we're we're kind of like like okay, I think we're the only ones that are on the same page. Yeah. And then we ended up seeing each other later that night at uh, at our fraternity event, and we ended up rushing the same or pledging the same fraternity, became fraternity brothers, and kind of just hit the ground running from there. Yeah, we, uh, man, do you uh, do you still play guitar? Um not really yeah. i mean like i i can dabble but i'm not gonna like i'm not confident to sit down and play in front of a group of yeah. people yeah mine didn't make it past that semester yeah I was like, nah, i'm good well it's such a good idea in theory right and yeah. then you get to school and there's so many other things that are grabbing your attention that you know you're you're ready to move on oh, dude
1: pledging was like so bad for school yeah. <laughs> like so bad we were up till like 4 30 5 o'clock every night 'Cause you have to do all our work and then, then you get fucked up, but then it's six in the morning you're finally going to bed.
0: Yeah. And then you're you know, you're drive you're driving till four AM some nights if you're but it's it's all worth it in the end. Totally like, wouldn't change that. Was so much. Yeah, fun. you just gotta put in a little bit of legwork in the beginning and then you're basically set for the rest of the time. Did you see um Riley's tweets? He's I haven't so he tweeted back
1: at because I said we were getting on the podcast here. <laughs> and uh I said that you would know more about, like, my 19-year-old self. Because that's, like, a that's a dead person. Like, that
0: dude really? no longer exists dude, for I, sure. I don't know. I think he does exist. I uh, think that he maybe. helped you get, maybe not in the same way, Parts, but yeah. some of those, some of the the core principles yeah, of his, the MacGruber <laughs> are still in there.
1: <laughs> his response was, you poop in places you shouldn't poop.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Were there? Oh, yeah. Oh, that God. was a scavenger hunt.
1: Yeah, that was fun. So, we had this list that we put together um, for our pledge class that we had to like check off. I don't know if you've ever seen Beta House uh, in the American Pie series, but they had like a pledge task list. So, we had 50, task lists, or 50 tasks that we had to achieve. And one of them was take a shit on the porch of another fraternity. <laughs> uh, so, as I was uh, wrapping up, finishing that deuce, and like a group of them come running, chasing after us, I don't know who was up there, but I know, I think Riley was
0: up there. Dude, that was so funny. Big, big, uh, big Austin Smith. Yes, I remember him being there. Didn't uh, he pick up like roadkill or something? Like a, it was like. Dude, sh-
1: I just sent this picture. So that,
0: I think that was one of the things. Like, take a picture with a piece of roadkill. Yeah,
1: so that was one of our tasks. But I, I'm glad you brought that up because there it
0: is. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Hopper, dude. Is no, that that's Hopper? uh, Braden Gallus. Oh, that's Braden. Let's
1: oh, see, yeah. we got.
0: Looks like Hopper, not.
1: Braden what was that dude's name was it John yeah what was yeah. his
0: last name ja, his name was John and, and then, he ended up being like a poker player yeah or he something. left the place class to play poker that class actually dropped a lot of guys we lost Butler New Money uh, Nation didn't end up well I mean Nation Nation went through but then he left I, I, he left IU early I believe mm-hmm. um, Nation yeah that John guy <laughs> But I still see uh, tubes and Wyatt. Well, I think Wyatt's out of Chicago now. But I still see uh, I see seen them occasionally in uh, in Chicago. Nice, LeVan, my partner. Yeah,
1: dude. My man. Yeah, the partner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good times, dude. The, uh, I uh, tell the story about the time we tried. We you didn't do very well in that guitar class, right? Because we, we never went. No. So, I hope you don't mind me telling the story. Oh, no. It's a funny story. <laughs> so, at the end of, like, one of our last classes, we walk up to our teacher, who's, like, this dude from Spain, like, playing the Spanish guitar. Yeah. Like, Rippin'. so good. Ripping. We it's thought right. he was pretty chill. Yeah. This dude's chill. He definitely smokes weed. So, we thought we'd, like, bribe him with a blunt to see if he would smoke this and then give us a good grade. He just looked at us. Like, what?
0: I don't think we ever mentioned anything about grades. I think our grades were done at that point, and we just thought he was a cool guy. And we were like, "Hey, do you want to smoke?" And he was like, "What? No, no, get out of here." You we must like, be a better a person last, than me because I was totally like trying to get a, a better last grade. Day class too. So was it the last day? Yeah, and we walked out. we were like, Ooh. <laughs> we did not read the room right on that. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Poor Reed. But that was cool. Yeah. But There's dude, like what six
1: people in that class. I,
0: I I don't mean to hide I'm near the interview guy, but I I want to hear all about like the business that you've been doing recently because I'm very interested in the space. I think it's a growing space. I think as more time, more and more people spend more time online, it's it's going to be huge. It's a great like a self-starter. Mm-hmm. I I just I'm I'm so intrigued that you got our boy Strebel into it now yeah. too. I I'd, I'd love to hear more <laughs> about it.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's just it's just basic digital marketing, right? Um, so we're talking about Corsair.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, because you didn't study that in school, right?
1: No, I started doing shit in the school. Um, okay, so you've been just, doing like it a toying, while. toying yeah. with shit. But I really just started. I built the Hoo Hoo History Twitter page, and I got to like ten thousand people on Twitter, which was like that was like. 2013, so that was a big deal. That's back impressive, then. yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. So I was like, man, you can actually make money online. So I just kept playing around with shit for, I guess it's been seven years, eight years. Um,
0: Work smarter, not harder. Yeah, and so not like for the longest time, hard, I'm just saying like that's such a smart space to be. Oh in yeah, because you can use your time really efficiently. Yeah.
1: Well, I was working like my dick off all for at least six years. I was working all day, every day. Like, I would get anxiety if I was sitting and doing nothing. Now, I'm just, like, more chill, and I use, like, the skills that I have to use my time wisely, and now I just, like, enjoy more time with my family, enjoy more time with myself, go to the gym, like, twice a day if I want. Freedom. Yeah, it's pure freedom.
0: That's, That's literally what it's about.
1: I had this conversation earlier. I was like, I think everybody on the planet needs to have the kind of freedom that I have. Like, you should be able to do...
0: You should be able to wake up and do whatever you want. Right. That's life. You can't truly figure out who you are, unlock your creative, Mm -hmm. you know, capabilities until you have the freedom to do that. And if we're working, like you said, all day, every day, then when do we have the freedom to do that?
1: Yeah, like you have that. I I said earlier, and Marquise, my homie, I hope he he listens to this. He'll be on one of the next couple episodes. This is something like... uh, whenever you're working for somebody and then you transition to work for yourself, you go from like work life balance to just life. Yeah. And it's so much better. Yeah. And I want everybody to have the opportunity, but, um, I still need to put together a little resource thing I was talking about, but I'm going to put together like a little syllabus almost. Yeah. For just like online things that people can teach themselves.
0: Anybody can do what I'm doing. I'm not fucking. No, I was reading about it and I was very interested. So, uh, excited to hear that, you know, you're doing well and you know, crushing, crushing that space. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. So it's a good move.
1: There is, I mean, so like every business is like, oh, I think I'll do some Facebook marketing or I'll do some Google AdWords and they have no fucking clue what they're doing. Well, yeah,
0: and that's where everyone spends their time. Literally people are glued to their social media, Google and Facebook all the time. Not that Google's social media, but they sell ads and Mm you can post ads and host ads. Mm -hmm. We talk all the time. Um, one of the
1: doctors that I work with, like how s- this one doctor that's like his competition runs radio ads, but he runs Google ads, the, my client. And so basically whenever somebody, somebody hears a radio ad, they go to Google and then we get their radio ad. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's just fantastic. Yeah. So like, yo, everybody that's not working with me, please continue to run radio and TV ads. And then whenever people go to Google, they'll come to us and we'll get the business. It's just hijacking leads.
0: I mean, that's what it's about, man.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, if you can find, like, anybody that wants to get into it, is, like, find a a customer. Like, take one online class. Find somebody you know that owns a business that has a decent margin. Say, hey, I'll run this for you free for a month. We'll see if it gets results. If it does get results, then throw out a number. They'll probably pay you. Like, 500 bucks is not very much money. Custom, it used to seem like the world.
0: Customer acquisition one hundred and one, folks. Yeah, right just Talk to somebody. Um, that's going to be a pod under the Corsair. Umbrella. Yeah, yeah, dude, I love this Corsair. So, like, tell me about this Corsair. Is this so? This is the name of the company. I know you got a lifestyle yeah. brand to it too. By the way, that that lion sweatshirt, absolute heat. I, that's I my friend. That's
1: my friend. So that sticker right behind you, that's uh, Iron Valley. That's his gym. And then the No Rivals, the lion sweatshirt is his. So we share the studio. Shout out Zach. We're supposed to go
0: to Top Golf today. I saw that. You sent me your schedule. I was like, one to one to three meeting at Top Golf. Must be nice. Yeah. Thanks, Zach. Cancel on me. Okay. <laughs> no,
1: nah, I feel like, uh, well, he and I like try and get together once in a while, but I mean, we both uh, have businesses to run. And um, families. Yeah, and families. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to get into that sort of, well, let me back up. Corsair, literally, Striebel and I talk all the time. It's just like, man, like, why don't people just, so Striebel's my business partner, if anybody doesn't know that, you probably most likely do, but. um, Ryan Striebel,
0: incredible follow on Twitter.
1: Yeah, he's fantastic. That's my business partner, but we talk all the time about how, like, people are just pussies. They're not themselves. Uh, They're, like, this little they box themselves in so they can... They're just scared, dude. Yeah. They
0: live in fear. And the the whole thing we are talking about, the narrative from the media, mm-hmm. um, not saying that, you know, there isn't any fear warranted in the current climate, but that doesn't mean that you need to live your life in a waking fear where you're, you know, too anxious to make decisions. Right.
1: Or just, like live out loud as cliche as fuck as that sounded I hope we can delete that right uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah just like so some of our like core principles are cause a scene um, hunt for treasure like too many people say money's not important it's horseshit it's very important it's
0: it's, it's the key to the freedom yeah. unlocking the freedom that you're exactly. talking about now you're right money doesn't buy happiness but money buys you the freedom to explore and pursue your happiness amen yeah, it's a tool, not
1: an end. Um, another one's burn the boats, quit being a pussy, just go do it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're just looking. So we're just always adding these pirate cliches that are like our little code. I love it, dude. And I absolutely love it. The scallywag code and now, people are just calling each other scallywags, and it's just it's people that are just kind of rebellious. And the biggest one is live by your own rules. Like, society's rules. I'm not to get too hippy-dippy but society's rules were just agreed upon thoughts over thousands of years think independently yeah just if it doesn't work for you then don't fucking do it yeah it's a lot better to wait to live that life in my opinion not everybody's cut out for it and that's fine yeah
0: that's fine i mean dude just can't be a scallywag. yeah i mean i'm because the way i see things going i could see myself moving out of a place like chicago has been so near and dear to me but if it's just going to be a shell of itself Mm -hmm. then i'd want to move out to a place maybe even in the annapolis yes sir uh, and you know have a little bit more freedom to to pursue my goals and my happiness without anyone getting in the way anyone being like you know any regulatory government whatever you know I, i i'm not a super political guy nowadays and you know growing up i probably leaned more to the left and now like i'm like totally like as center as you can be but but most importantly i i care about individual freedom and Mm -hmm. and i want a a small government i don't i don't want like the government always in everything that i'm doing um and you know what you can say that 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 makes me uh, fall on either side of the line but that's just that's really all i care about
1: i think people that are reasonable are typically on both sides of the line like for it just depends on what the subject is like you, you can be a conservative but still think we should be legal yeah
0: everything on the right side yeah and the left side if just because you identify with that party you know yeah. i i feel like you're just you're just showing face at that point, and you're not thinking independent, independently, as we just were talking about.
1: Yeah, we're all influenced by something, but god damn, it's, it's really bad. Like, I, I hear people saying shit, I was like, you don't actually believe that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't actually think that, right? Yeah.
0: No, yeah, individual freedoms. That's why. like the why. fact
1: everybody's a fascist now. Like, do you even know what fascism is?
0: Fascism is actually a far left um, what is now? Yeah. No, I'm saying, but, like, if you look at it, I'm pretty sure, and you can obviously fact-check me. You got a computer right there. But if you're looking at this, the scale and the spectrum of, of pop, political spectrum, like socialism, no?
1: Socialism is far left, and then fascism is far right, typically.
0: But what what about communism? What's communism?
1: Further left than socialism.
0: Yeah, so is... Fascism. I, I really so I,
1: fascism is like a strong, authoritative, nationalist, like um, central leadership position.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's pull up the spectrum. Yeah. Would you Google that spectrum, yeah. please? Because I feel like so I was looking, looking at fascism like I, the other day. Yeah, I was watching a World War Two doc. Regardless, yeah, it's it's these are are really extreme examples that. Re- are probably not needing to be called out by, yeah. by people.
1: Fascism is a form of far-right authoritarian ultranationalism characterized by dictatorial power, forcible suppression of opposition, and strong regimentation of society.
0: Mm. You know which, what I was thinking of? I was thinking of um, someone <coughs> tweeted something about uh, like the the Nazis being involved in socialism. Yeah, so the Nazis were like the socialist party of Germany Yeah, but that's what Nazis stood for But you had all these people who were like saying that they weren't So that's kind of where I got mixed up I apologize yeah. So let's see Well, I mean,
1: currently like Antifa Which is far left folks Are using all of these positions Like dictatorial power, forcible suppression of opposition And strong regimentation I mean, I would say that they're trying to make everybody fit in this, like, be nice, say the right thing box. Let's see. So, yeah, the Nazis were obviously fucked up. Let's see how they
0: started. Dude, were you listening to that? <coughs> Alex Jones? Did you get into that? Which one? The one I sent you to the Temple one.
1: I got like 15 minutes
0: in. YouTube and deleted you just it. Saw, uh, the, really? YouTube deleted it, yeah. In the middle of you listening. Yeah, yeah. To... No way. Look, I swear. Dude, that's crazy because I we were just talking about at least it getting um lowered on the on the search engine optimization, like getting mm-hmm. prioritized. But then they just straight up deleted it. Yeah, so, so funny dude. I saw all these people on Twitter just tweeting like, Oh, I've lost all respect for Tim Pool, like blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> did you even listen to yeah, listen before fuckers. you say this, like just listen to it, you know?
1: Yeah, Tim Pool tweeted, YouTube has taken down our podcast with Alex Jones for violating community guidelines. Which he did. <laughs> 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 he certainly did, I'm yeah. sure Apparently, he talked about firing squads, which is...
0: I mean, he was kind of just kidding. I, I listened to it. He was kidding. Clearly being... Uh, he was clearly yeah, being sarcastic. Yeah, you're not sarcastic. allowed to joke in the new right. in the new world. And yeah. then Tim Poole kept drawing attention to it. So, it was like, if you missed mm-hmm. it the first time, you definitely got it the second or third time. Because Tim Poole kept being like, we can't be talking about firing squads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. It's it's suppression of information, man. That's, um, that's, that's basically what's going on. Do you listen to Rogan? Oh yeah, love Rogan. Yeah. Did you
1: listen to the one with Tim Pool and Jack Dorsey and the Twitter lawyer?
0: I didn't. So I listened to Dude, one Tim with Poole Jack was a Savage. I listened to one with Jack, and I think Tim Pool might have been on that one. Dude, I used to when I was so before I, I I work in Chicago now, but before that I was working in, I was actually working in the region and driving back and forth, and I was still living in Chicago. So I had about. 45-minute commute mm-hmm. each way so i was just always podcast and it was usually you know sports just my th- rogan just my thoughts yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and so
1: you're traveling going back and forth sorry i interrupted you
0: no it's all good i was and, just saying that i, I like rogan because you were saying do you like rogan
1: i like how uh like the other day he had like this dude that was talking about this old skeleton that was found. That's like from 4 million years ago. Yeah, dude, he has the craziest yeah. people on
0: and they're all super knowledgeable and, and he's just super curious and he, 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 he prepares just wants well. to know everything. Yeah. He prepares well. He asks a bunch of questions. He doesn't try to know <clears throat> gotcha journalism. You know, he's just trying to get yeah. to know these people, but he'll, he's not backing down. Like he'll ask people the hard hitters. He does. And yeah i i I love his platform i think it's very beneficial especially since like we were talking about suppression of information you got to be able to like freedom of speech Mm -hmm. the first amendment if you if you don't like it you don't have to listen but that doesn't mean that you're allowed to tell everyone else that they're not allowed to listen Mm -hmm. you can't just de-platform people and not let them speak just because you don't like what they're saying that's i mean i get like the inciting you know inciting Violence. But yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that seems or or hate <coughs> speech. I, I understand those parameters. The only thing is, like, with hate speech. That since you brought
1: that up, where where's
0: the line of right? Not hate these hate are both versus, vague categories, yeah. right? So how do we how do we navigate these vague waters where the small little rules in their terms of service or terms of condition, they're allowed to just say, oh, we're not gonna post this video or oh, this violated our rules, you know? So it's like man literally Sense everything
1: shit, man. everything about um everything that like came out of a conservatives twitter page or instagram um there you go yeah getting pop into it, 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 it getting but into it get hey dude i'm so glad mix. you came yeah dude me, cheers uh,
0: brother got to get a little cheers
1: yes sir cheers to you yeah
0: i want to i want to get into bitcoin at some point dude mm.
1: I want to, too, because I don't understand it well. I mean, I kind of understand the blockchain. I understand Bitcoin not very well, probably like 5%. Okay. Um, and then also, you sent a video. Who was it? It was like a really old video of like this dude on consciousness. Oh, Alan Watts, Alan Watts dude. Watts, yeah. Oh, my God. So, I want to get yes. into that, too. But, yeah. we're
0: Let's finish up what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, sorry. First. I'm not skipping ahead. I'm just no, I'm yeah, excited. I'm, I'm just I am just have lost. ADD, and I'm excited, and it's Friday, and I'm... See my best friend Jeremy. I haven't seen in a while. <laughs> uh,
1: and by the way, Nazi was a member of the National Socialist Socialistic German Workers Party. Yeah, this is weird because that doesn't seem like how you would. That doesn't seem like an anagram for Nazi.
0: NSGWP Nazi. <laughs> yeah, I, they're wild. Some wild boys. When did you get into Bitcoin? So I was familiar with it i heard about it when we were in college never mm-hmm. thought anything of it and then there was the boom in 2017 where everyone was buying it and it it peaked at like 19 20 000, mm-hmm. and then it plummeted and i was i was interested at that time because I, I i wanted to know what was going on there what what was making it jump so high how is it going so fast this is this new technology everyone's talking about so I did a little bit of research then but it kind of fell off when it crashed Mm -hmm. and then this year when the stock market crashed from all the corona news um, you basically saw all markets crash and I saw Bitcoin go from Nine thousand or eight thousand down to three thousand, which is a pretty steep drop. You know, if you're holding a lot of Bitcoin, you don't want to see that. 9, but then it's a big drop. Yeah, but then it propped itself up completely organically and rallied all the way back up to eight nine. And then you see, in in comparison, you see like the the S and P, the U S. stock market, other markets. They need external stimulus from the government in order to prop themselves back up. So yeah. they needed all of this stimulus, like all of these loans, all of this stuff to prop their businesses back up. And they they needed external forces to do that. And Bitcoin didn't need external forces to do that. So I was just like, there's something here like the, I, I need to learn more. Mm. And then I just dove all in. And when I started learning about Bitcoin, the funny thing is, and most people who get into Bitcoin will tell you, when you start learning about Bitcoin, you don't just start learning about Bitcoin, you start learning about money, you start learning about finance, and you start learning about monetary policy, and it just really wakes you up to a bunch of stuff. So, hmm. so how about we start with this? It's kind of complex, but... Tell me what you understand now about Bitcoin, and I'll kind of just go from there. Okay, well, I
1: understand that last month when you're like, dude, buy Bitcoin, Uh, it's gone up 43%. Yeah. So, fuck. (laughs) First of all, fuck. Yeah. Um, Bitcoin, as far as I understand it, obviously, there are limited Satoshi, right? Satoshi created this uh, digital currency and released it slowly over... A time of what? It still is. It still releasing. Yeah. So this is what two thousand. What do you start at?
0: Uh, so what happened right after the housing market crash? Okay, so like um, two thousand nine, maybe. Well, yeah. So I think it was created then. The f- I want to say the first having event was in twenty twelve is when it really started to pick up. Um okay. And then, but you can you can verify this online. It it really didn't start getting big until twenty sixteen. But, sorry, I didn't mean to, to cut no, you off. It's only been around for, yeah, like, like 10 years or 12 yeah. years. So, 2008 was it? So,
1: or? invented in 2008 yeah. by an unknown person or people, using the name Satoshi, Satoshi Nakamoto, yeah. who is no longer with us, right?
0: It's unknown. Unknown. It's one person yeah. or multiple people. or And the reason they did that is actually genius. It's because they didn't want the... Person to become bigger than the product. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they wanted it to be like just an anonymous white paper contribution. Um, That's pretty wild. Yeah, but um, did you want to keep elaborating on that, or yeah. is that kind of like where you're? Well, let's let's kind like of where there. you're at.
1: So this is a digital currency that is slowly released over what ten or twelve years. Yeah, and there's so a it's max a, so of. So it's a fixed
0: supply. Okay. Um, fixed supply. The yep. core value principle of Bitcoin is that there's a fixed supply. If you look at every other currency, money system, or you know commodity, there really isn't a fixed supply. There's there's perceived scarcity, but mm-hmm. there's not definite scarcity. So, so it's like we can print money, right? That, exactly. So it doesn't take a uh, you know MIT grad to realize that. If you flood the market with dollars, eventually those dollars are going to be worth less. You mm-hmm. know, like the supply and demand. Like if if there's a surplus of something, then the the value is going to go down. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So from there, um, I know that you you can buy like partials, right? Yeah. You know, it's so what is it's it, like sixteen.
0: So it's divisible by a uh, hundred million. So wow. that's how many decimal places it goes to, okay. and one unit is called a satoshi. So, okay. Yeah. So okay. right now it might not seem like it's worth that much, you know, but you know, if fixed it, pl-
1: supply over hundred years. Yeah,
0: exactly. You 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 know that the supply is fixed. So right, well, I'm gonna go ahead and buy a couple hundred right now. <laughs> we're talking, dude. I, w- I mean, I think it's a I think it's a great time to get in. It's not too late. Um, because Man, the it, it went up
1: forty two percent in the last month i think conservatively
0: we could see six figures next year
1: conservatively
0: yeah jesus we could about. see so like it could touch it and come back down i'm not gonna say it's gonna stay there but um so i just
1: bought point zero one two zero five two nine three bitcoin perfect man damn that's crazy so where? i mean do you People aren't even accepting Bitcoin though really, right? Yeah. That's okay. the hard part. That's where I think where people get caught up is like, yeah. okay, so you have this digital currency that doesn't right. really exist. I so what do you I, do with it?
0: It is kinda complex, so I'll just kind of get into it real quick and then stop me if I'm if I'm going Alex Jones and I start to rant, but you're alright. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um Okay. So like I said, the core value proposition is its fixed supply. And what we see uh, when we start to study Bitcoin or try to learn what it is is we have to learn what money is What is money? So like how is money controlled? Like what does a dollar mean to you? You know, how does the value of that dollar exist? Why is the, Why is the value of a dollar a dollar? What did they use in the past to exchange? You know, like it, they used to use stones or they used to use like special like, you know Like tribes would use like bones or like animal mm-hmm. pieces, you know, and then it and then it became trading You know mm-hmm. Um, so the, the dollar is controlled by the Fed, you know, mm-hmm. the U.S. government. Um, and the U.S. government Fed is one of the most trusted sources uh, in, in the world. And that's why our dollar is strong. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of the, the world's debts are paid for in dollars. Um, and we, we have trade relationships with everyone in the country uh, or everyone in the, in the world pretty much. Um, so the dollar is not really gonna, you know, you're not like we are money printing, but you're not really worried about the dollar completely falling, mm-hmm. but we are worried because we do see all this stimulus happening, right? Mm-hmm. And they're literally just printing money like nonstop. So a shit ton of Yeah, them. exactly. Like trillions and trillions of dollars. So if you look at the budget, um, the balance real, sheet
1: real quick. So they did a $3 trillion stimulus. How many trillions are like in the economy currently?
0: this is like 80 point so like how do you know there's no way to verify like the circulating supply of money like you can you can estimate and there's no way to to verify the circulating supply of gold there's no way to verify the circulating supply of silver it's all a guess right yeah, Bitcoin. You could plug in your computer to the Bitcoin network anywhere in the world, and any computer can do it, and they're going to get the same exact result. You can audit the entire circulating supply, and you could you could w- look at every transaction on the network.
1: <laughs> Holy shit! So this says there is three point nine six four trillion in November two thousand nine. That's in supply. So I'm. What's the world GDP? that's probably like 80 trillion 142 trillion so they just out of nowhere printed two per, about two percent of the economy like
0: the world economy they yeah. just said all right we're just gonna plop that in yeah that's a good way to look at it and if you look at the the that has to be taken on as debt mm-hmm. you know and and so where do we get the debt we get the debt from the uh, the the central banks and the, and the imf the international monetary fund the iron um, bank yeah exactly the <laughs> iron bank of bravos yes, yes. <laughs> um but if you look at the, the the fed's balance sheet right now relative to uh gdp that we're producing it's it's not good it's it's some of it's it's some of the worst numbers we've seen so knowing that and also knowing that another stimulus is coming Meaning the money printer is not going to stop anytime soon. And we don't really have a say in whether it, mm. it happens or not. So back it up. Like our dollar is still valuable, but they're printing it. We have no control over. Let's, fat, let's skip over to somewhere in the world like Zimbabwe or Turkey or um, there's uh, other places in the world, Venezuela, who have their currency has been so hyperinflated by their government doing shady stuff, printing nonstop. In, in you know, like investing in bad things, not using their money, like, like being sketched with their money and eventually they have to print so much money that the value of their money goes down. So what we see is we see a hyperinflated currency, you have someone who's sitting in the bank or sitting with their money in the bank, you know, they deposit it, they're a good citizen, they, they deposit their check every week in the bank and by no fault of their own Their value of their dollar is going down, so their dollar is going down and they have no say in it that Bitcoin is is the life raft in that scenario because there is no government that can control how much Bitcoin is printed or or seize your Bitcoin because it's not controlled by any government at all. It's a decentralized platform. So, so we're thinking centralized versus, so the big, the big principles are it's decentralized versus centralized. It's a fixed supply. These to me are just, they just scream individual freedom. And and that's like the allure of Bitcoin to me because uh, the crazy way to look at it is, you know, it's this, it's this network and it's, it's made off of peer to peer transactions. So. If you if you wanted to make a transaction peer to peer right now, what would we do? We'd quick pay each other, Mm -hmm. or we'd Venmo, or you know, other than other than giving cash, passing cash between hands, like how would we? Electronically transact, right? We but there's all through the, another source, right? So. Yeah. So we have, so we have PayPal or we have Chase. We have, uh, you know, people facilitating that transaction. But there's middleman with their fingers and in your exactly. money, exactly. And now, so on. And what, what about if there's a bank run or if, uh, you know, heaven forbid, you know, something happens and the bank shuts down, or you know, that's that's really worst case scenario, right. doomsday scenario. But still, they could, you know, they, they can liquidate whatever's in there because. Most people don't know that the bank only carries 10% of all the money that's deposited on hand. And then the other 90%, they go and invest it. And then they loan, loan it out. And, they're it out, and yeah. then they get paid interest on the loan. So, like, they're basically, like, you know. They're making money with your money. We're making you money, be with, making your money. money. Exactly. with your money. Exactly. money. Yeah. And you don't have control over the value because you don't know how much is going to get printed and when. So, you know, you have people in Venezuela who are paying, like, $100,000 thousand whatever in their currency just to get a loaf of bread and it's no signs of stopping bitcoin is like their life raft it's it's their opportunity to you know not get the world around them just absolutely ruined with their currency getting devalued
1: so this little principles of bitcoin wikipedia page says principles of bitcoin are open source
0: open source yeah that means that the code is free. Anyone can plug in their computer to the Bitcoin network and run a run a Bitcoin, run the Bitcoin software.
1: There's a Bitcoin
0: software. Yeah. So that's. So. I didn't know that. No. Yeah. So it's. Uh, it's kind of complex. That's why I'm trying to I'm trying to explain it correctly, because they say you don't really know something until you can explain yeah, it to right, someone else. Right. You know, so. You're I'm doing a good job so far, actually. I, it's it's. It's crazy because there's people who are, have been in the game, in the Bitcoin game, since the beginning. And they still say that they're still learning more about mm-hmm. it because it's so complex. But the reason it's such a secure network, I'm sure security is going to be somewhere on that core principle list, um, is because you have independent computers verifying the transactions. They're called nodes on the network. Mm-hmm. So anyone can plug in open source and then their computer starts verifying transactions. And that is a permanent ledger and that what that means is the purpose of that is that if one computer goes down there's still a hundred million computers running the network oh, so okay. so anyone should be able to plug in as more people plug in and let their computer verify transactions the network gets stronger and the hmm. network gets more secure because now you have a higher number of computers regulating traffic and because it's all computers that are just running the software and the protocols in the software there's no bias, there's, no, there's nothing that could you know, make it stop other than like a hardware failure or something like that. But interestingly enough, there's a wet season in, in uh, a part of China, it's like a, a monsoon season, that they have to relocate warehouses full of servers of, of Bitcoin nodes that are just <laughs> running the software. So usually when this happens, they have to relocate uh, to a dry area and you see a dip in the price. The Bitcoin really? network is so strong now that it didn't even notice anymore. these yeah. huge, like, areas of warehouses full of uh, servers being relocated off the network, on the network. So it's to the point now where, you know, a whole country could ban Bitcoin and it wouldn't even matter because there's so much strength on the network already. It's so well adopted.
1: What happens if somebody dies and has no idea, like, nobody else it's knows gone about forever gone forever yeah
0: fuck yeah there's already can't been can pick up like already a buried been treasure full of there's already coins. been you could google this there's already been a few million coins lost so when i say that 21 million fixed supply there's actually only going to be 18.5 million so i mean there's no way to like go mining for the no because each coin has an individual private key yeah so that individual private key is your coin Mm -hmm. and that coin lives on the software so you can go into the software with your key and now we have like we have there's a bunch of tools you can use to store your keys you know you can you can use an exchange like coinbase you don't actually ever see the key Mm -hmm. but but imagine that each one of these 21 million bitcoin have their own uh, long key that's attached by key i mean like it's like a 200 something character code Uh, so theoretically though The cool part about Bitcoin is you could buy Bitcoin and write down the code and put that little piece of paper in your pocket and walk through borders, or even if you had the wherewithal to memorize that 250 character code, you could walk through borders with fucking thousands of dollars in your head, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars just in your head because you you have the key. And then you just need to go pop it into the, bit, to the Bitcoin software. So I'm not as advanced to where I don't, obviously don't have that much yet. It's, yeah. but, but that's kind of like also the allure. It's, it's, it's very decentralized. It's very, you can do whatever you want with it. You know, you could take it wherever you want and, and no one can take it from you. Like so it the,
1: says principles Bitcoin, 21 million coins, no censorship, open source, permissionless, pseudonyms. No ID should be required to own. Uh, fungible, all coins are equal and should be equally spendable. And irreversible transactions. Confirmed blocks should be set in stone. Blockchain history should be
0: immutable. So the blockchain is that network of yes. computers. So the best analogy I've heard for the blockchain is, <coughs> um, it, yeah, it's an immutable ledger. So every transaction that that's happening is, you can't cover it up. Is is continuing? So it's it's just adding to the chain. So the best analogy I heard. Um, do you know who Naval is? Oh, of course. Yeah, dude. So Naval was on a Tim Ferriss podcast, and this was a while ago, maybe in like 2017. They were talking about Bitcoin, but he and that uh, and now anal- analogized it too. <laughs> he he made an analogy to um, to a fly in amber. And as, as the, like, amber or wax fills up, the fly gets further and further in there. And it's harder and harder for the fly to get out. So as, as it keeps filling up, the, the fly, basically, it's impossible for him to get out. So, like, think about, like, the fly is sitting in a wax, say wax, if amber is not a good, like, and you're pouring wax into, uh, like, a, a cylinder and the fly is at the bottom, or a block, I'm sorry. And the fly is at the bottom of the block and you're pouring wax in as the more as the wax gets higher and higher, it's harder and harder for the fly to make it out. And eventually the chain of wax blocks is so long that he's going to have to make it all the way through there in order to to erase it. So that's what the immutable is like, a transaction gets lost in this long chain of transactions oh. and in order for it to be able to be erased, it would have to make it to the front of the line of transactions, which never stops, so it's basically impossible. Okay. That, okay, that last part makes sense. Yeah, man. no, I it guess. Took, it took a yeah. second. I was like, oh shit, he mm-hmm. lost me. Yeah, sorry. So,
1: like, if you were, let's say there were only 10 transactions going on in a day instead of however many there are, if you were that first transaction, or if you were, like, the most recent transaction, that could be
0: undone, but because... No, no, there's nothing that can ever be undone, because it, for you to, like, you're probably, your transaction probably goes on a block that's you know have transactions from years ago. And I and I apologize folks, I am not doing Bitcoin <laughs> justice because I am just an idiot trying to explain to my friend um my vague understanding. So I am not super technical. I from what I understand about the blockchain though is that is that it's a it's a permanent ledger. And the transaction list continues to roll on Mm -hmm. and there's no way to it's once it's once you're in that transaction list there's no way to get out of it without erasing the whole thing okay so you couldn't even can you even track transactions you can so but the thing is uh you know we're talking about these different computers regulating the traffic on the network right so if one computer goes down or another computer goes down it's that same transaction history is going to show up on every computer because it's on the network. It doesn't physically live Live in one computer. computer. It's like lives in the digital space. Okay. That's a little too, too above my pay grade. Yeah. Yeah. No, and and I don't, and honestly, I don't understand that. So let's, let's shift it back towards to why it's important for like, I'm trying to get my friends and family in on it. Um, because I do see that, uh, I do see inflation happening. We already see inflation happening a few percent every year, but with all this stimulus uh, stimulus that's been being printed, we're, we're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars of new money entering the circulating supply of dollars, that will inflate the value of the dollar at some point. And don't take it from me, take it from billionaire hedge fund analysts, people that are working at Goldman Sachs, and most importantly, publicly traded companies. So uh, I got a few big bitcoin events Um, there's a company publicly traded on the NASDAQ it's called MicroStrategy MicroStrategy recently um, recently took 85% of their cash reserves on their balance sheet and they put it into bitcoin so 485 million dollars into bitcoin into bitcoin but that drove it up they did it did not drive it up at all shut the fuck they up they were so smart <laughs> they had algorithms running purchases like every second and it didn't move the price at all what and so yeah so you can look at I got so, that's crazy so they bought in they bought twice he, he bought and he bought i think at the end of q2 or, or the end of or sometime in uh, q3 and then again at the end of q3 and he's made, I I don't want to butcher the numbers, so just Google uh, MicroStrategy Bitcoin gain. So yeah, so this is awesome. So MicroStrategy, has earned $78 million in the last three and a half years from their business operations. In the last two months, they have earned $100 million (laughs) from their Bitcoin investment. Jesus. So, I mean, that's we were just talking about it's gone up, you know, 40 percent in the last minute. so the reason why you see and that's a publicly traded company on the nasdaq so that means before this guy can make that decision he has to go in front of a board mm-hmm. smart ass ceos who know what the fuck they're doing and they want a strong investment case before they make a decision like that because they answer a lot to of shareholders money. yeah it's a public publicly traded company they have fiduciary responsibility and and yeah so they did it and then square followed suit so jack you know jack mm-hmm. from twitter uh, owns a company Square, the payment processing company. They put one percent of their of their cash reserves in it, which was fifty million, which has already gone up a ton. There's a uh, there's a there's a growing list of publicly traded companies who are um, invest. They have some they have some sort of exposure to Bitcoin on their on their balance sheet, and now you have Goldman Sachs uh, analysts, super famous Paul Tudor Jones. Um, Super famous, uh, you know, hedge fund managers, notoriously great investors, billionaires all coming out and saying Bitcoin is the move. It's it's silly not to have any exposure. And I'm not saying that you should go out and put 100 percent of your money into Bitcoin. I'm just saying that, you know, how every time most people get paid, they throw, say, 10 percent, 5 percent into their 401k. (laughs) You should be doing the same thing with Bitcoin and not even thinking about it. Because we're talking about this fixed supply, bro. And I know, you know, 100 million units, Point oh does doesn't seem like a lot now. But it could be worth a million dollars someday. Right. This is like, and it sounds crazy, but if you look at it, it makes perfect sense. Because the market cap of Bitcoin right now is $300 billion. Yeah, I'm looking the, This, this is crazy. The market cap of gold is... 8 trillion dollars. Most analysts and you could you could do a lot of research on this about recent news but there's a lot of talk about how with inflation um, people are mainly institutions but but people are uh, investors are looking for store of value assets to put their money into because they know the value of a dollar is going down. If I just have my money in cash next year my cash is gonna be worth less Hmm. I have to put it in something that's at least going to stay the same or go up you know so they're looking for hard assets like gold um you know silver and then bitcoin and bitcoin is honestly moving to be the preferred choice not only by you know people like us but like investors that are institutional investors so go back to the market cap gold's market cap is 8 trillion bitcoin's market cap is 300 billion Three hundred and two point zero five billion I'm looking at right now. Okay, so three hundred two. Volume today, twenty four point eight eight billion. That's a lot. So that means in order to get to gold's market cap, which we're already seeing trending that way. We're already like conservatively speaking, we get to gold market cap. That's forty (laughs) X on the price that's right now. So what is it? It's like probably around sixteen right now. So I mean, there is you know who the Winklevoss twins are? the Winklevi, yeah. the winklevii yeah. yeah so they are you know actually the largest i believe largest individual bitcoin holders in the, in the world um there's definitely companies who might have more than them but as far as like individual people mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure they're, they're the most um and they have a lot of uh they put out a, a recent paper it's called the case for 500k and they lay out all the reasons why there's no reason why Bitcoin shouldn't be at 500 k in the next five years. I'm going to read that. Yeah.
1: The case
0: for. There's also a guy named Raul Paul who uh, he started a company called Real Vision. He's a, he used to be a, a hedge fund manager at Goldman Sachs. Um, and he he's, uh, started his own finance uh, news podcast uh, YouTube channel um, called Real Vision. And uh, in that one, he theorizes in an episode that Bitcoin could be at one million in, in five years. Jeez. So the point is, we don't have to get there in that amount of time. But mm-hmm. the fact that we have the opportunity to, we would be silly not to at least yeah. put a little bit in that basket. You know, right. like this is our opportunity <laughs> to jump classes. You know what I'm saying? This is like investing in the Internet. Early it's car. like
1: getting in on the sun before there was fucking sunlight.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm I'm gonna read this paper. It's, yeah, there's also
0: a really good one. One of my favorite, uh, another, my another favorite. sorry to cut
1: you off, but another thing to think about is remember when all the crazy hype around Bitcoin was going off back when what, two thousand seventeen mm-hmm. and it was just going nuts. Yeah. Got up to nineteen. Yeah. And this one that was like whenever it was like craziness it's already back almost to 17.
0: well let me tell you this is not um a coincidence this is by design uh the way that it's it's mapped out so we have every four years there's an event called the Mm having so the having cuts in half the everyday supply of bitcoin so every day a certain number of bitcoin is is released into the environment the entire Mm -hmm. environment and all these can, people who are mining, mining in yep. quotes, are running these intense computers, trying to solve these problems to, to basically win rewards from the Bitcoin. But then those miners have to sell the Bitcoin and that's how it gets released into the environment. And as it becomes harder to solve those puzzles, the cost of mining the Bitcoin goes up, meaning that the cost of the Bitcoin goes up, but especially yeah. when they cut the supply in half every four years. so now we have this period where they call the bull run 18 months historically 18 months after the having event because you have all these people who know that they just cut the supply in half and eventually people buying right now and i just told you like investors rushing in and this is going to be unprecedented because this really wasn't anticipated that people were going to be buying 485 million dollars worth of bitcoin in one uh, for one person or one institution but eventually since there's a limited supply every every time this happens historically it's happened in 2016 and 2016 having it happened in 2017 and then in 2012 having it happened in 2013 there is a supply shock because everyone's buying bitcoin for 18 months after the supply gets cut in half and then all of a sudden there's a supply shock and that causes the price to skyrocket and then when it's skyrocketing you have all these people with weak hands entering the market and then you get what's called a speculative bubble. Mm-hmm. So eventually the speculative bubble will break because you have weak hands who don't understand the technology. They don't they just understand want to Bitcoin. Get into the ride. Just like, oh my God, this is going up. I want to buy it. Like, I had know? my mom texting me. Yeah. it's like, so should I get some Bitcoin? Happen. I'm like, it's going oh. to happen again. Right now, no one is talking about Bitcoin and it's at 16K. Like, that's gonna happen again and by the time that happens, bitcoin could be at 50k so do we know when the next halving is it just happened it just happened in may oh so is that so why we're it's going in a back bull up? market right now oh yes. nice yes. Oh, okay that's so I'm get saying, your bitcoin while yes, it's hot that's what i'm saying like you're like oh man I, i'm pissed <laughs> i missed 40 percent or my dad's like oh man i wish i would have bought it when you did at nine or 13 or whatever and i'm like you know you're going to say you wish you bought it at 15 you're going to say you wish you bought it at 20 you're going to say you wish yeah. you bought it at 25 it's dude, always going to be going so up accurate. just don't look at it think about it as a savings account that's not going to go down you know? do you yeah. remember Marco from the fraternity yeah yeah. he tried to get me to buy when I was like 300 dude I, was like, dude, I hope he still has some he's probably so fucking rich <laughs> I know <laughs> <laughs> good for you Marco yeah I texted my my friend's brother because he was in the game super early I remember like my friend's older brother always used to talk about it and I had no idea and when I started getting into it, I started texting him. We were talking about it. So, like, when I saw that paper about, like, the case for 500k, and then I read something else right after that. It was, like, Raul Paul saying Bitcoin could be at a million in five years. I texted him. I was like, dude, you're going to be so rich. You're so rich. <laughs> <big."
1: laughs> yeah, dude. He, it was, like, an everyday, dude, you got to get Bitcoin. You got to get Bitcoin. Like, he went to some event in Austin, Texas, which I think he lives there now. Dude, that's and awesome. I'm going to reach like, out oh, to him. Here goes Marco again, talking about this Bitcoin crap. <laughs> that's
0: how, because you sound, if you if you start talking about it to someone who's not ready to receive it, you sound yeah. like Alex Jones. As know? with anything, right? I, I sound like Alex Jones probably <laughs> to most people who are not ready to receive it. Yeah. But. I've been
1: seeing that on even just my little Instagram. I'm just like, yo, the election isn't over. Like, I know what the media is saying. I know, like, what we think the results are currently. But legally speaking, it's not over. And everyone's like, oh, you're crazy. I just take the L. I'm like, yo, that's not what it's right. about.
0: So when does, why is independent thought crazy? Yeah. Why yeah. are you, like, you guys are the crazy one because you're not even vetting what you're listening to. You're just, like, sucking it up. You're just, like, scooping Dude, up I'm about bullshit. to go suck
1: up as much fucking Bitcoin info as I can. Yeah,
0: man. Because I sent you, oh, I, I wanted to say, get you in before we switch topics. Uh, my favorite dude. Who I started listening to, his name's Anthony Pompliano. He's got a podcast That's called a name. the Pomp Podcast, um, and he has tech and finance professionals on, CEOs, and then like crypto professionals, like like exchange like CEOs too, and uh, and he just really he really understands Bitcoin, and he's such a Bitcoin uh, maximalist which is like, you know, I, sometimes I use that term in a bad way. I think it's a fucking awesome thing. I consider myself a Bitcoin maximalist. Um, but he has a podcast and he has a bunch of people on, and that's kind of like where I started learning more about not only Bitcoin, but finance and monetary policy in general. Uh, there's an awesome quote by, by Henry Ford. Um, and, you know, Henry Ford, probably like early 1900s, um, and, and the quote is, "It is well enough that the people of the nation do not understand our banking and monetary system, for if they did, I believe there would be a revolution before tomorrow morning." <laughs> I've heard that one before. And that's just because the game is is rigged against people. People have been led to believe that you should save your dollars and that you shouldn't sp- and and the or you should spend them. We live in a very like uh, consumer-driven economy, but. If you look at it like over time like the value of a dollar has only gone down so like you need to be investing that's what smart people are doing smart people I'm not saying smart people I'm saying educated not smart educated because just because you're not educated doesn't mean you're not smart but you need to invest your money because just holding it in the savings is it's just going down because if you look at the stock market in dollars it's been going up right but if you look at the stock market in gold since 1970 it's flat and it's been yeah. going down a little bit so it's like it's kind of a fixed game asset prices pump because the value of the dollar is going down so now that same stock that you bought last year it's worth more dollars but that's just because dollars are worth less you know <laughs> yeah I mean you hear people talking
1: like I listen to Cardone a lot and he's like, Your dollar isn't shit. It's nothing.
0: Cash is trash. Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. I, I so I'm I'm not anti-cash, not anti Fed. I'm not anti any of that stuff. I you know, I love America. I think America is the fucking best country in the world. I think we're so lucky with all the shit that people complain about. It could be so much worse. There's so many worse places to live. There's so many people who are not even afforded the luxury to be upset about their election process and yeah. what's going on you know or uh, have access to all this shit so i personally i'm grateful for every day that we get to live in this country i love it um but that's that doesn't mean that you know i, I still want to hold on to my individual freedoms and stuff like that and be woke to what's going on
1: Mm-hmm. damn dude that was uh quite the bitcoin symposium you just put on oh uh, yeah i just sorry. got a i just got an sos from the wife so i gotta run for sure yeah but Dude, I was so happy that you were able to come through. Yes, dude. We when do you leave? leave? You leave? Something. You're going
0: to Mexico? Yeah, I'm going to Mexico on Sunday. Um, but I honestly i am back in India. Uh, I'm back in Indy pretty often. And then not to mention, dude, I honestly wasn't se- uh, kidding. I might in a couple of years move to Indy. So. That sounds like <laughs> a plan, If you're here for dude. a while, we, we got to go. I'm here for good. Yes, yeah, so. I'm here for good. Yeah. So we got some future to talk.
1: All right. Well, whenever you get back from Mexico, we'll do part two. Yes. All right. Sounds dude. good, man. Hey, yeah, real quick. Where can people find you on like
0: Instagram, social media? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm on, I'm on Twitter, uh, Raylo143. Um, usually just liking Bitcoin posts and tweeting bullshit. So uh, <laughs> not for the weak ears, but yeah, you can find me there. All right, dude. Dude, I love
1: you. I'm so happy to see I you. I love yeah.
0: you too, dude. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Dude. All right.
1: See you later, motherfuckers.
0: Later.